rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. When your parent, when your kids are thriving, or they make a good choice, as a, you just, there's so much joy. You like feel like you could bust. When you watch your kids doing something that they were made to do, and you just see it, you're, I, I don't think you can, I just don't think there's any way you can explain it unless you've been a parent. And on the other side, when your kids are struggling, there's really not much else you can think about. And it hurts like nothing else you could ever imagine. And then the last one I want to point out for things through the Bible that God points to joy is Proverbs 27, 9. 27, 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. We experience joy from friends, a good friend, an honest friend, a sweet friend. Um, I think these alone are pointing out that God cares if you're happy. Um, so a couple years ago, our district supervisor sent out these like little things for pastors to fill out, and um, part of thriving is being happy. And my happy quotient was a little bit low. And um, so it's been something that I've been thinking about. What, what does that mean? To not, I, I'm still thinking about it. I don't have an answer for you. Um, I don't think any of those probably surprised you. Like as I read them, you probably didn't be like, people experience joy in that? Wow, that's shocking. I don't think any of them surprised you. Um, However, life isn't marked with just weddings, right? And sitting in nature and a good bottle of wine. That's not just life. Life is marked um, by hard times. Tim Johansson reminded us life is hard. It is. It's not all just a cup of, a cup of tea. Life is marked by death and loss. So what do we do with that? Um. It's kind of interesting that I got to write a message on joy at the same time as when my grandpa died. Uh, Jamie's like, do you still want to write this message? And I'm like, I do. I do want to write this message. I want to think about joy at the same time that I'm sad and I'm feeling a little raw. So my grandpa died a week and a half ago. And I was like, it's exactly what I want to be thinking about right now. And... So next, I want to, um, we're going to look at a different, unique biblical perspective on joy. It's a perspective. It's not based on your immediate circumstances, but rather on a hope rooted in God's love and promises. Sometimes I think everything looks good, therefore I'm happy. We have a snake. My mom even says on the phone, is everybody okay? I'm like, yeah. Okay, good, we can be happy. But that's not really a biblical perspective on being happy or being joyful. And so it's not the one I've been dealt. So we're going to start um, in Psalms, and we're going to look at the Israelites. I'm going to give you a cap. So if, you haven't, if you're not familiar with the story. So have you guys seen the Prince of Egypt? Has people seen it? It's a, okay. So about, probably a lot of people. So the Israelites were slaves. For a long time. And they finally were coming out. 
You probably know the story, but maybe not. They were coming out of slavery. God brought them out, and they rejoiced. Psalms 105, 43. Psalm 105, 43. Says, so God, he brought his people out with joy, his chosen one with singing. So his people were coming out of the wilderness with joy. And I thought, well, of course they are. They're not slaves anymore. But then I thought, they're still in the wilderness. Right? So this is kind of where God introduces the idea in the Bible of joy in the wilderness. And it continues all the way through. So it's not joy because my kids are all perfect and my life is all perfect. It's joy while you're in the middle of the wilderness. Um. For this Advent season, I've been doing my daily readings. Have you guys heard of Henry Nouwen? So they've compiled a book of Henry Nouwen, from Henry Nouwen's teachings, and each day you read an excerpt from his, from his books. And he's been following the Advent season, so I've been reading on joy. And I've noticed that with each of his writings on joy, it's coupled with sorrow, or it's coupled with hope, or it's coupled with love or peace. You don't just get joy on its own. It has to be with something else. Joy comes along with hope. Um, they're coupled. They go together. As we move forward and we look at Christ, what Christmas is all about, I want you to go to Luke 2.10. That's in the New Testament. And this is Christ. Christ is our joy. Luke, I went too far. Luke 2.10. Matthew, Mark, Luke. There we go. Luke 2.10. Jesus brings joy. And the angel said to them, I love this, fear not. That's what angels always say. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So here we see that Jesus is joy. He's great joy because he's going to save people. It's a hope for something still yet to come. It's not in that very moment. As Jesus lived on earth, he taught the same message. Jesus taught the idea of joy in the wilderness. If you go to Matthew 5, 11 through 12, or I'll go there, this is what Jesus himself taught. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus' teaching on joy is when you're persecuted, your reward will be great in heaven. It's not here. It's not for what's going right now. It's what to come. Okay, so sometimes when I preach, I feel like God has something for me and I can't get it out. Have you ever noticed that with me? Maybe not. Sometimes I get up and I feel like I can just make it happen. And I feel like, yeah, this is what I'm gifted to do. This is what I'm called to do. And then every once in a while, I prepare just the same. And I get up here and I feel like I can't, like, connect I feel like there's a block and I can't get out what I'm supposed to say. And it makes me feel like, what am I doing? Why did I say I would do this? I feel like I'm getting blank stares and I'm not connecting. 
That's one of those moments for me. So that's how I feel right now. <laughs> it's like I am like not connecting. And I felt like I had something from God. It happens to me every once in a while. So I'm going to stop. And I'm just going to speak from my heart. And I'm going to hope that I can connect with you. And if not, I don't know what to say. I just don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. Give me a moment. What I wanted to say to you today is that I believe firmly that God cares about whether you're happy. And I didn't even used to believe it myself. But I think it's because I wasn't happy. I think the scriptures that I showed you today are strong proof that he cares deeply. Simply because of this world he made in creation. Because he created wine and good food. And friendships that are so sweet, but so hard and so few and so infrequently do we have because we're so broken. I believe that God cares about happiness because of the joy of having a child. Pure joy and bliss of delivering your own child. I believe God cares if you're happy. I believe this world is very broken and those moments are fleeting. And it's a lot of work to be healthy and to have those friendships and to be able to enjoy them. I also believe that this world is very broken. And I believe that a lot of times the only joy we will experience is joy in the wilderness. Like Jesus taught in Matthew 5. I also think that the early church is a super amazing example of joy and persecution. I don't really think that we experience as much persecution as we think we do here in the United States, even though life is hard. I really don't think we do. I told Jamie that some people, one of my favorite authors is Shauna Nyquist, and people speak against her because they're like, why does she complain about it? She's got lots of money. Her dad has all this money. I told Jamie, I think we make life hard. Like, it's just a human condition. People might look at you and be like, your life's fine. I think we make life hard. Um, I also think that, um, yeah, the early church is an awesome example of moving and leaning into joy despite being persecuted. So something I wanted to share with you, and I wasn't even sure how. I was like, well, you're supposed to know how you're supposed to share something before you share something with people. You're supposed to know what you want them to hear and what you want them to think about. I don't know. But this week on Thursday, this came to me an email from my husband because he does a much better job at keeping up with the world than I do. So he sends me things. Um, over 100 members of the Early Rain Covenant Church in Chengdu, China, were arrested beginning Sunday, December 9th. At the time of the publication of this translation, arrests are still being made. Among those taken away were Pastor Wang Yi, senior pastor of Early Rain, and his wife, Zhang Grong, who have not been heard of since Sunday. This is a letter 
it kind of feels like a New Testament, like this could be part of the New Testament letter written by this pastor. He wrote it in September because he assumed that this was going to happen. It says he wrote it, it says somewhere in here, in like September, in the middle, beginning of September, because he anticipated that he would be taken. Um, Pastor Wing, we wrote the declaration below to be published by his church should he be be detained for more than 48 hours. In it, he explains the meaning and necessity of faithful disobedience, how it is distinctive from political activism or civil disobedience, and how Christians should carry it out. Um, I printed it off just in case any of you want to read it because it's very powerful. Um, He wrote it before it happened and how he wants the church in China to respond to the way they're being treated. But the part that it stuck out to me that had to do with what I was thinking about is if God decides to use the persecution of this communist regime against the church to help more Chinese people to despair of their futures, to lead them through a wilderness, a spiritual disillusionment, and through this to make them know Jesus. If through this he continues disciplining and building up his church, then I am joyfully willing to submit to God's plan. For his plans are always benevolent and good. I am willing to submit to God's plans joyfully. His plans are always benevolent and good. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes that we are full of sorrow, yet rejoicing. Full of sorrow, yet rejoicing. When you believe Jesus' love overcomes death, joy becomes reasonable, even in the darkest circumstances. When you believe Jesus' love overcomes death, joy becomes reasonable, even in the darkest circumstances. We don't belittle grief. We don't belittle sorrow. We don't belittle sadness. Um, But yet you can still rejoice. It's not a trite, fake it till you make it. Like, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. It's a still being sorrowful, but joy in Jesus that this isn't the end. Joy that there's more than this. Um, I'm thinking of an example. My, my, I called my grandma the day after my grandpa died, and I was speaking to her in the morning. And she was crying, rightfully so. I was, yeah. And she was sorrowful. And she was sad. She lived with my grandpa for 70 years. It's a long time. And their magic marriage was spicy. <laughs> but she's still really sad. It's kind of ironic. They two were at each other's throats for 70 years. Um, but through it all, she was a hope. She told me how he came to Christ. How he accepted Christ into his heart. There's a hope in the midst of her sorrow. That this isn't it. There's more, that she's going to see him again. And I think that that's what we hold on to. I think that's what we see through Scripture. We believe that God cares about our happiness and our joy through our lives, through a birth, weddings, creation, 
And God cares about our joy in the time of the wilderness. Um, we might actually live more time there. The question I'm thinking for us to leave with is, where is God inviting you to choose, choose joy this Advent season? Where is God inviting you to experience joy this Advent season? So I said I've been reading through with Henry Nouwen, his day by day. So I want to share this with you to look at today. He says things so well. He says things that I know and I believe, but when I read it, then I can feel it. I want to leave, leave this with you and um, take you just a couple minutes here to read it and to ponder in quiet, to have a thought to bring home for yourself. And then when we're done, ask yourself, where? Where is God inviting you in the midst of what you have going on this season to choose joy? So I'm going to start, Roger. Will you kindly pass them that way? And then, Dale, will you kindly? Thanks. How about as they pass those out, will you guys join me and pray for the Chinese church and the pastor? Pastor, it's hard for me to remember their names. Okay, so as they pass those out. Father God, we here in Pullman, Washington, pray for Christians on the other side of the world. We pray for Pastor Wing and his wife and the people from their church. We pray that you would protect them. We pray that you would sustain them. We pray that you would work mightily through them. God, I pray that people will come to know you, the mystery of who you are through this. Jesus, I pray that during this season, as we stop and pause during Advent, that we'd remember you. I pray this week that we would experience your joy. I pray that despite me, despite my, that people would hear from you. Amen. Joy. Joy does not come from positive predictions about the state of the world. It does not depend on the ups and downs of circumstances of our lives. Joy is based on the spiritual knowledge that while the world in which we live is shrouded in darkness, God has overcome the world. Jesus says it loudly and clearly. In the world you will have troubles, but rejoice. I've overcome the world. The surprise is not that unexpectedly things turn out better than expected. No, the real surprise is that God's light is more real than all the darkness. That God's touch is more powerful than all human lives. That God's love is stronger than death. Henry Nouwen from his book, Here and Now. So as the team comes today and closes us in worship, and as you have this in front of you, um, I invite you to ask God, where are you inviting me to choose joy this season?